We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. Well, this is the first time I've preached this year. Yeah. Should be fresh and ready to go. Um, I'm just going to start by reading a couple of verses. Firstly, from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. It says... Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, pleasing, a pleasing aroma to God. And also from Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 and 17, it says this, And let the peace that comes from who? Come from Christ. Rule your hearts, for as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. And let the message about Christ, in all its richness, fill your lives. Teach and counsel one another with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Let's pray. Lord, as we open your word and uh, just see what you have to say, I pray that you'll take the words which I speak and make them applicable to our lives. Lord, let the corporate word touch hearts individually, make it alive. Uh, In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, Last year was such an unusual year, wasn't it? 2020. For us as a church as well, we did things we'd never done before. Um, We had online church. Well, that was a new thing, wasn't it? And uh, we had to learn how to do that. But the good thing about that was that we were, it was a catalyst to reach a whole lot of new type of people. And we can be thankful for that. And I've been thinking and praying and planning about this year. And who knows what's in store? I'm glad at the start of last year I didn't say, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And then then we uh, go into lockdown. Who knows what's in store? It's hard when it's constantly changing. For us at Light Church this year, what we will do, we'll, we'll do some preaching series again, look at some books of the Bible, some themes. We'll have some um, scripture reading plans and some special events You know, on March 18 this year, this church is 60 years old. It was registered on March 18, 1961. Who was born then? Yeah. Look look around. Look at the older people. I wasn't. No. A couple years later. As I was thinking about this year, despite those things, if there's one term, if there's one phrase I'm hoping for our church this year is the word or the term Christ-like. Christ-like. Can you say that? Christ-like. Christ-like. And no doubt some here have set goals and for the year. You know, I've got a couple. Some have plans and hopes and anyone still do New Year's resolutions? It's generally 17 they're all usually broken by now i'm good at you know i function better when i have a goal or a project seems to work well for me but i want to suggest something today can i suggest that this year 
let's have a goal to be something, not just do something. Be something. And I'm convinced that God wants to see Christ formed in us way more than he wants us to achieve any specific goals. He's much more in, interested in us becoming Christ-like than anything else. And what if your primary goal, your first goal, your, your number one was a goal to be rather than to do? As we become more Christ-like, it actually colours everything we do. Uh, everything we're involved in, our families, our work, our ministry, our, our little projects. And a goal to become pro- Christ-like actually probably adjusts a lot of those things as well. Perhaps putting it another way, can we make this year about a who rather than a what? About Jesus. Or a person rather than a uh, possession, a person rather than a plan. Jesus is the goal rather than what he can give me. And, you know, we all have goals, weight, to lose weight, gain money. We usually do it the other way around, don't we? Um, Get a new job. We can even have spiritual goals like, I'm going to read the Bible this year. But all them, make, make all of those goals second to becoming more like Christ. Uh, make it your goal to be rather than to do. I've noticed with Christians, including leaders, including pastors, when what we do takes priority over what we want to be, that's when we get into strife. When we're... Um, and we start striving after things, after a, maybe a position or a, something or other. And, we, and people end up with burnout or blowing up or breaking down or stressful because they're striving after something instead of looking to God and trying to be like him or getting to know him. And that's when people crash. I've seen it with many leaders. I've seen it with pastors. Uh, when it's about what we do. Because when it's about what we do, if it doesn't happen, we get so disappointed. When something goes wrong, all of a sudden, I've got these plans to go to America. And then, that was you, wasn't it? And then ended up at the Gold Coast. Well, it's not, not too bad, is it? And we get frustrated, think that God has forgotten us, keep praying harder for a breakthrough. But I tell you what, if your primary, primary, primary goal is to become like Jesus, it doesn't matter what happens, that will, that will still, you accomplish that goal. When things go bad, you learn patience. You learn to lean on him. And it doesn't matter what happens around you, you, you still achieve that primary goal. In fact, one of God's greatest methods to make you Christ-like is just to, you know, stick a stick in your spokes occasionally. He uses the failures, he uses the things that go wrong so we can lean on him, so we receive from him. The testing of your faith produces endurance. So a goal to be like him. Now that doesn't mean we don't do things, we don't plan things, we don't strategize, we don't pray for things. In fact, we become more productive. It just means we do it differently. Uh, We hold on to things less tightly. Uh, When you've got such a tight hold on things, people, uh, things will have a hot, uh, tight hold on you. And um, when knowing God is our goal, when the priority is to be like him, how we do things changes. We do things differently. The way we do things changes. 
The way we speak to people, interact with people changes when our goal is to be like Jesus. It helps us sort out what we pursue. Uh, the test of what we do is simply this. Is this going to help me become more like Christ? Is this going to help someone else become more like Christ? It sorts out what we do as well. So this year, 2021, how about what we do is always overshadowed by who we want to be. What we do is overshadowed by who we want to be. I think the Apostle Paul was a bit like this. He prayed a prayer. I want to know God. It's one of his prayers he, he prayed in Philippians 10. I want to experience his mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. And then he's got another line which we don't like. He says, I want to suffer like him. What? He wanted to know Jesus in the full package. What a prayer to experience his power, to even know him. Now, there's a very challenging scripture in Matthew chapter 7, verse 22, 23. I haven't got it up there. And um, it says this, on judgment, Jesus was, is saying, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name and, and performed many miracles in your name. Well, that's a dream list for some Christians. And he said, uh, but I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's commands. That's quite challenging. They were doing all the spiritual stuff, but missed the goal of knowing him. And uh, I'd never want us to be a church who do spiritual things without the primary goal of knowing Jesus. Uh, when Jesus sent out, at one point he sent out the 12, one point he sent out 120 to do miracles and they came back rejoicing, yeah, it's all happening, even the demons are subject to us. And he said, just, that's cool, just call it a little bit. Don't rejoice about that, but rejoice that your name's written in heaven. Rejoice that you know me. Don't make the things the goal. There's a, um, a king called Uzziah. I think I gave you this one, uh, the scripture, in 2 Chronicles 26. And um, he was a king. And it said, it's talking about him, Uzziah, Uzziah provided the entire army with shields, spears, helmets, coats of mail, bows and, and sling stones. Oh, it's good to have a good sling stone, isn't it? He built structures on the walls of Jerusalem designed by experts to, pro to protect those who shot arrows and held large stone stones from the towers and the corners of the wall. His fame spread far and wide for the Lord gave him marvellous help and he became very powerful. So he was a king, he was trying to defend and God helped him. God helped him. The next verse says this, but when he had become very powerful, he also became proud, which led to his downfall. <laughs> then you read after that what happened. Uh, it's a warning to us. It's possible to get what you want and lose what you need. God was with him. And God seems to help us in his grace. He helps us even with our projects. He's on our side. We think we need him. He helps us. And sometimes he gives us things, even when he knows he's not, they're not good for us. Think about the prodigal son, the father, he wanted to go away, the father said, all right, if that's what you want, go for it. And, and God in his grace uh, brought him back after. He seems to protect our free will like that. Even when the potential has, has a bit of a, uh, 
the potential of our goals has potential to draw us away. And some, I've noticed, some when they achieve their goals, you know, I've got my business running, I've got this happening, I've got, got the wife and the kids, all of a sudden they're too busy for God. The blessing became more important than the blesser. The blessing became God. Uh, it sometimes it happens with jobs or money, possessions or friendships. A goal to be Christ-like will keep your pursuits in balance. Yeah. Here's a couple of, God, uh, a couple of principles to consider as, as we think about this. I'm going to um, unpack this as the year goes on, but I want to encourage you to put God first in your conga line. Can we put our conga line up? Ah, good old days. Conga line. Just following someone can transform every part of your life as you follow Christ. Um, you know, unlike most New Year's resolutions, we will succeed when we go to follow him, when that's our goal, because his Holy Spirit helps us, he leads us. He, Jesus said, follow me and I will make you, you know, you follow me. And um, we don't need a superman of willpower to follow Christ. The Holy Spirit helps us. Anyone ever been part of a conga line? Who's embarrassed? Yeah, yeah. Good times, huh? New Year's, weddings. I think there was one last night I saw at an event I was at. It's hard to do the physical distance thing, but hey, we don't worry about that. The concept is easy. You just follow the person in front of you. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Thank you. I've been practicing that for a while. Conga lines, you know, they go here, they go there, they go everywhere. You don't have to be a great dancer in a conga line. What do you do? You just head on and follow the person in front of you. There's a lesson in the conga line. See the person in the front? They determine where the conga line goes. And the conga line follows them. And uh, whoever is first will lead. And whatever is first in your life will lead you. Now, depending on our circumstances, we nobly say things like this. And these are noble things. Uh, my family comes first. My career comes first. My security is first. Um, my kids come first. My me time comes first. My health comes first. My hobbies come. My goals come first. My philosophy comes first to look after the earth or social justice or you know, be a low-tox person, whatever it is. They're all noble things. They're good things to have in our life, but they're not very good at the front of our conga line. It's all right to have them in your conga line. I don't know what the person on the left is doing. It's a boss. Those things are good, but they're terrible leaders. They're good to have in your conga line, but you don't want them at the front because Christ is a better leader. He said, follow me. He leads us in paths of righteousness. I will make your path straight. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the door. I'm the guide. When we take, follow Christ, it takes us to places of blessing. Seek first the kingdom of God above all else, and all these things will be added into you. But Jesus can't lead us when he's fourth in the line. It's not just about having Jesus in your line. He's not the leader. He's got to be at the front. There's a difference. 
It's impossible to follow him unless he's in the first place. The, the Bible says things like this, don't have any idols before me. I've, we've probably heard of that. Well, I haven't got any idols in the front yard. I've got rid of this statue and that. St- it's not talking about that. For us in our um, sort of society here, an idol for us in our culture is anything we put in front of Jesus in our conga line. That's what an idol is because that thing's now sort of more important. Even the noble things. Even the noble things. When Christ is first, he gives us wisdom to raise our kids for our relationships, uh, to help us change society, those sorts of things. But if we put our spouse as our number one or our job as our number one, that's good intentions. But it's going to end up in a place you don't want to be. Jesus is the better leader. He said, come to me, I've come to give you life and all its abundance. If you want to be Christ-like, put him in the front. He's leading my conga line. You know, being Christ-like isn't a course we do. It's not Christ-like 101. It's, it's, it's a way of living. It's not a set of rules. It's my values, my practices, my, my habits, my worship, my spiritual disciplines, my attitudes, my compassion. It's being like Christ. And most of those things we are hoping for, most of the things you desire are actually found when we have a resolve to follow him. And if being Christ-like is your goal, it'll prepare you for the good things, the blessings, the mission, the plans. You know, God was taking the Israelites into the promised land. They came out of Egypt and uh, he, he had an interesting strategy for them. Uh, I gave it to you, Deuteronomy 7 verse 22. They're about to go over the Jordan into the land and the Lord your God will drive out the nations before you little by little. I want you to say that little by little. Little by little. I want you to remember three things. Well, two things. Put Jesus at the front of your conga line and remember little by little. You will be unable to destroy them all at once lest the beasts of the fields become more numerous than you. What a thought, the beasts of the fields. What God has for you, because God does have plans for you, happens little by little. Sometimes we think God's going too slow. Anyone thought, ever thought that? Well, you hurry up. Fred's got the stuff he was praying for, but I'm still like two years behind. What's wrong with me? You've forgotten about me, God. We need to understand little by little. We move into our inheritance, God has us, little by little. Because God was more interested in making the Israelites his people than giving them stuff. It's the same with us. Because they were slaves and now they were to represent him. So he does it, okay, little by little. And there's a reason he goes in little by little. So you get to deal with the little beasties in the field. And my answer suggests you've probably got a few beasts in your field. A few beasties in your field. If they got too much at once, it says the beasts of the field will multiply and take over. Like Uzziah. He got what he wanted. God helped him. God blessed him. Then he became proud. I think I know what his little beast was. It seems that as we we become Christ-like, as we conquer the beasties in our life 
as we deal with the things in our life, we, we build a platform to receive what God has for us. As we become Christ-like, the blessing doesn't take our attention away from God. Little by little is a good strategy. We all need some humbling situations. They're not that enjoyable. The odd setback, the odd failure makes us reliant on God. In fact, God has an inher incredible inheritance to you, but primarily it's, it's more about who he wants you to be than what he wants to give you. It's an eternal thing. You know, stuff comes and goes. When we go into eternity, we won't be taking our house with us. Or our car. His greatest inheritance is actually to make you more like Christ. His greatest inheritance isn't to find you a, a new job, a new, a new, not a new wife, a wife. <laughs> Stick with the one you got. When we seek first the king of the kingdom, he takes care of all the stuff. And all the, in the process of becoming Christ-like, guess what? He deals with the, with the little beasts in our field. And being Christ-like isn't just, it's not about knowing, just knowing Bible stories. It's about growing up spiritually. Talking about how we worship, how we understand the word of God. I, I think, I believe you, you should have a greater understanding of the word of God now than you did five years ago. In fact, some of the things you believed five years ago, you shouldn't even, you think, did I really believe that? We should all be, all be growing. Growing in our emotional maturity. That's what a common word out there. The Bible calls that fruit of the spirit. <laughs> Love, joy, peace, patience. Growing in that sort of thing. Our attitudes have the same attitude of Jesus, it says. Growing as a servant. You know Jesus has never outgrew being a servant. He became a servant. He is a servant. A servant. If you read Hebrews, it says Jesus is actually doing something even now. He says he's at the right hand of the Father praying for you. He's still serving you. Let's make being Christ-like more important than stuff. Or more important than goals. More important than achieving something or other. And God prepare us for the good things he has for us. Can I uh, can I have the music team we might finish off with that with a song thanks guys let's make 2021 about who we want to be not what we want to do let's put jesus first in our conga line let's understand the principle of little by little so here's a good question for you who's leading you at the moment well, uh, of course, Jesus is leading me. Oh, let me rephrase that, sorry. What's the most important thing in your life at the moment? What do you spend your time, your calendar and your finances on? That's usually what's most important in us. We just look at our, where we're spending our money, where we're spending our time, that's a good in indication of what's the most important thing. It's good to take stock occasionally. I have to do this all the time. Oh, I think I've gone off on a different direction. God in his grace sort of 
Give you a wave. Come back here. And uh, what are you following after? What's got your attention? What's leading you? When we think about questions like us, that, it helps us. Helps us. That's what the word repentance is all about. The re- word repentance doesn't mean to cry out an altar. The word repentance is, means you're walking this way and you hear God speak to you and think, yeah, and you turn this way. Now, sometimes it's not a full 180. Sometimes it's just about a 10 degree because it's just a, a nudge. Still, still the word repentance. It means to hear and to change our thinking and change our steps. That's what it means. And we should live a life like that. It's a lifestyle. It's not an event. It's a lifestyle. Let's pray. Lord, we want to be like you. We want to be Christ-like. We want to be a church which is Christ-like. Above what we do, above any dreams you put in our hearts, any plans, we want to be like you, become like you, represent you, Lord. Lord, we commit our lives afresh to you with that resolve. You know, I believe we commit our lives to to Jesus maybe once at a moment, but it's a daily choice to follow him. Lord, I pray um, as many of the people in the Bible prayed, like David prayed, that you'll create in us a clean us, a clean heart. You'll lead us in the right paths. We trust in the Lord with all our understanding. Uh, Trust in the Lord with all our heart. Don't lead on our own understanding. In all our ways, we're going to look to you. We know you're going to make our paths straight. We look to you. We make you number one. Maybe we'll sing this song as a prayer, Charlotte. Here I am to worship. Why don't you stand and let's finish with this as as a declaration.